0: This programme was produced at and first aired on MPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand on air. Kapai Irarangi Temotu, MPR.
1: Amazing grace, how sweet the sound
0: that is.
2: and welcome to Amazing Grace for another week. I pray you will be blessed by our program today. My name is Warren and we have um, some devotional and um, some inspiring thoughts for you today as we share God's Word and we share some thoughts just to encourage you on your spiritual journey. Now I have a couple of Giveaways, uh, for those who are interested, we have given this away previously, a couple of years ago. Um, we're giving away the book called Steps to Jesus. Um, I found it one of the most helpful books I've ever read on how to be a Christian and how to just, the basics of, of what I should do and, how, and why I should do it. Um, yeah, wonderful book, one of the greatest books I've ever read And probably the greatest book on the life of Jesus that I have ever read um, It's called The Desire of Ages And we are also giving away that book And, and I'll be reading from that book just a little later on And uh, I know that you will be blessed It's such a spiritual book There are so many spiritual insights And if you would like either of these um, books, we'd be happy to post it to you. We also have DVDs. It uh, shows how the world will end, and we'd also be happy to post that to you. But you can. Um, a lot of people don't have DVD players these days, and you can go to the um, YouTube, and if you put in um, "amazing facts," in. Final events, sorry, yes, final events, uh, amazing facts. And uh, you can just watch that on YouTube. Now, you can contact me in a couple of ways. Uh, the first way is by email, and the email address is triple nine amazing grace at gmail.com. So that's nine 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 amazing grace, and amazing grace is only one G. at gmail.com or you could text or phone on 027 229 6624 that's 027 229 6624 ok friends um, let's just pause and pray Father in heaven we thank you for this opportunity uh, Lord to, to share and we pray for a blessing on our listeners and and their families, and so Lord, just we pray and ask that you would speak through me May the words that I speak not be mine, but yours And so Father, we just give thanks that for all that you do in our lives Praying this all in Jesus' name, Amen Alright friends, um, we're going to um, look at the patience of God Luke 23 and verse 34 Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. One day, centuries ago, Jesus was in close conversation with the Father. The angels looked on. The air was heavy with suspense. Everyone was wondering how God's original plan had gone wrong after sin entered, and they were wondering what God would do to complete the plan. After a long time, Jesus came from that close communion with his Father, and it was revealed that he had offered himself to die in man's place. God gave all heaven his own Son. He couldn't have given anything more. Here you see God and Jesus together in one purpose. They are together in this great plan of redemption. God's character is best revealed by Jesus and how Jesus relates to sinners when he was on this earth. He gave the Jews mercy time and time again. They had turned God down earlier, killing the prophets and stoning those who had been sent to help them. Finally, God sent his son Jesus in person as the greatest manifestation of himself, giving them another opportunity. What a demonstration of his mercy. If we had been on the cross with evil men mocking us, we would have said, Bring on the twelve legions of angels. Bring them on. We'll deal with these people. But instead, Jesus uttered the pardoning words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Even after the cross, God's patience wasn't over. After the nation was rejected, he continued to plead with individuals. The Shekinah glory was removed from the temple, but God sent the disciples first of all to Jerusalem, to the place where Jesus had issued the words of doom, Your house is left unto you desolate. During all the missionary journeys of the apostles, the Jewish people were included year after year. As Stephen was stoned to death, by an angry mob the Holy Spirit came upon him and he prayed forgive them don't give them up don't give up on them yet don't let the story rest simply with the people in Christ day and, and it's always important to ap- apply what we learn what's being shared with us to make it practical um, you know it's it's certainly meant for the people in Christ's day but it's also meant for us today. Apply it into your life, to your family, to those who you have been praying for. His call of mercy and love continues today to every person and to every heart. God gave the greatest gift in his son Jesus Christ and he died for us even when the people on this earth rejected him. Well, most of them did anyway, maybe not all of them, but most of them rejected him at the time. And it says in Romans that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus has given each one of us the opportunity for eternal life, for salvation. And, you know, whether we accept that or not, that gift is still offered to each and every person. And so I would just like to encourage you, friend, to take advantage of that free offer that God is offering you. i mm-hmm. what a beautiful soul, I will glory in the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ who died who died for each one of us. Okay friends, we've come to time for the tip of the week, the health tip of the week and we've been going through the acronym New Start and we're going to look at Today, exercise. So we looked at nutrition, the importance of nutrition um, last week. This week, we're going to look at the importance of exercise. Now, you know, I don't think anybody needs me to tell them that exercise is important. Now, you know, I think we all know that uh, when we move about, we definitely feel better about ourselves. And when we tend to not move about, we, we tend to not feel so good about ourselves. And I know that's a bit of a generalization, but we all know that that exercise uh, helps us to be happier and healthier. However, for some people, especially like myself, um, obviously at at times through uh, my life, I have known that perhaps eating junk food wasn't good for me. But actually, when somebody actually explained to me what that food does to me, then that changed because then I knew when I was eating it what was actually taking place in my body. Um, So when you know what exercise is actually doing to your body, for some people it actually helps them, and so you may be one of those. Um, So let's have a look at seven benefits of regular physical activity. The health benefits of regular exercise and physical activity are hard to ignore. Everyone benefits from exercise regardless of age, sex, or physical ability. Need more convincing to get moving? Check out these seven ways to exercise that can lead to a happier, healthier you. Okay, let's have a look at the first one. And exercise controls weight, which really is a bit of a no-brainer. Exercise can help prevent Excess weight gain or help maintain weight loss. When you engage in physical activity, you burn calories. The more intense the activity, the more calories you burn. Regular trips to the gym are great. But don't worry if you can't find a large chunk of time to exercise every day. To reap the benefits of exercise, just get more activity through the day. Take the stairs instead of the elevator or rev up your household chores, and consistency is the key. Yeah, I I used to visit people um, as a pastor. I'm I'm retired now, but when I was a pastor, I was visiting people nearly every day in hospital. So when I went to hospital, instead of taking the elevator um, or taking the lift, I would actually take the stairs. And uh, if I was feeling... If I was really wanting to challenge myself, I would actually, I would sort of run up the stairs, maybe not run fast, but run up the stairs at a good old pace um, and sometimes jump and take two steps at a time. That was just something that I did, you know, because I didn't have much time for exercise. But really, if you if you really want to commit yourself to exercise, there's amazing ways that you can exercise. You can power walk. So instead of taking a leisurely walk, you can actually take a power walk. Okay, two, exercise combats health conditions and diseases. Worried about heart disease, and a lot of people are, and and so they should be. Hoping to prevent high blood pressure, no matter what your current weight, being active, boosts high-density lipoprotein or HDL or good cholesterol and decreases unhealthy um, cholesterol. This one-two punch keeps your blood flowing smoothly, which decreases your risk of cardiovascular diseases regular exercise helps prevent or manage a wide range of health problems and concerns including smoke and uh, sorry including stroke um, metabolism syndrome um, type 2 diabetes depression a number of types of cancer arthritis and falls okay three exercise improves the mood and it's important too isn't it um, very important to, uh, to put us in a good mood. Need an emotional lift or need to blow off some steam after a stressful day? A gym session or brisk 30-minute walk can help. Physical activity stimulates various brain chemicals that may leave you feeling happier and more relaxed. You may also feel better about your appearance and yourself when you exercise regularly, which can boost your confidence and improve your self-esteem. Yep, and I've seen this in many people. I've experienced it in my own life. Exercise boosts energy. Wounded by grocery shopping or household chores, regular physical activity can improve your muscle strength and boost your endurance. Exercise delivers oxygen and nutrients to your tissues and helps your cardiovascular system work more efficiently. And when your heart and lung improve health improve, you have more energy to tackle daily chores. Yep. So exercise gives us more energy. Exercise promotes better sleep. And I know a lot of people that struggle with sleep. and that's a problem today. Uh, a large problem is because we a lot of people have sanitary jobs where they don't actually do any exercise. And so excuse me. Um, Exercise um, promotes better sleep Regular physical activity can help you fall asleep faster And deepen your sleep Just don't exercise too close to bedtime Or you may be energized to hit the hay Or you may be too energized to hit the hay Exercise puts the spark back in your sex life Number six Do you feel too tired or too out of shape to enjoy physical intimacy? Regular physical activity can improve energy levels and physical appearance which may boost your sex life. But there's even more to it than that. Regular physical activity may enhance arousal for women and men who exercise regularly are less likely to have problems with erectile dysfunction than are men who don't exercise That's a pretty good reason to um, exercise, isn't it, friends? Exercise can be fun and social. Exercise and physical activity can be enjoyable. It gives you a chance to unwind, enjoy the outdoors, or simply engage in activities that make you happy. Physical activity can also help you connect with families and friends in a fun social setting. So take a dance class, hit the hiking trails, or join a soccer team. Find a physical activity you enjoy. That's so important. Yeah, it's like um, I did swimming for a while, and what a wonderful... You know, it's really good. It's probably the best thing that I've ever done as far as keeping fit is concerned. But one little problem. I actually don't enjoy swimming. I don't know why. I just... I've never enjoyed swimming. Like, you know, on a real hot day, it's nice to sort of... uh, go into the water and cool yourself off. But for me, I've just never really been somebody who loves swimming. So, you know, I had to find something that uh, and I've sort of got back into playing a bit of golf again. So you've got to find something that you actually enjoy and then you won't uh, put it off. You will actually go and do it because you actually enjoy doing it. The bottom line on exercise. Exercise and physical activity are a great way to feel better. Boost your health and have fun. Aim for at least 150 minutes per week of moderate to intensity intense exercise or 75 minutes per week of vigorous exercise. Try to engage in a combination of vigorous and moderate aerobic exercises such as running, walking or swimming. Squeeze strength training at least Twice per week by lifting f- free weights using weight machines or doing body weights. Space out your activities through the day. You may want to lose some weight or meet specific fitness goals. You may need to ramp up your exercise efforts. Yeah, it's good to set goals. Um, you know, probably for me, what worked the best was I. I uh, started exercising more and um, I started fasting. Um, I would fast for, one day I would just fast for the evening meal. So I'd have breakfast and lunch. And then one other day I used to, I would have breakfast and that was it. I wouldn't eat until the next breakfast. Um, and combined with exercise, man, did I lose some weight. Um, in the end, I actually had to cut back on the um on the fasting, and on the exercise. So, remember to check with your doctor before you start a new exercise program, especially if you haven't exercised for a long time. If you have chronic health problems, such as heart disease, diabetes, or arthritis, or if you have any concerns, (coughs) make a start today. You don't get... Don't go and do too much. Like if you're going to play golf, don't go out and play 18 holes if you haven't played for a couple of years. Go and play nine holes for two or three times and then um, have a go at playing 18 holes. I think you'll find that there'll be less soreness in your body if you do it that way.
3: At my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home. In this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, Lord, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home. In this world anymore Just over in glory land We'll live eternally The saints on every hand Are shouting victory Their songs of sweetest praise Drift back from heaven's shore And I can't feel at home In this world anymore Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you If heaven's not my home Lord, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me From heaven's open door And I can't feel at home In this world anymore I know my Savior, pardon me, and now I onward go. I know He'll take me through, though I am weak and worn, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. The angels beckon.
2: You're listening to Amazing Grace here on Two People's Radio. Okay, in this next section, we're going to have a look at the mercy and the justice of God for everyone. It says in Second Peter three nine, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some man, some men count slackness, but is long suffering to to us ward, not willing that any should perish, but that we should all come to repentance. Okay, so let's uh, let's unpack this. Um, Jesus spoke uh, in a parable of a certain man who had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought the fruit thereon, and he found none. Then he said unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on the fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this day also. Till I shall dig it about, and dung it, fertilize it, and it shall bear fruit. Well, and if not, then after that we shall cut it down, let alone the shear also. Don't cut it down yet. And did he cut it down after one more year? What does the let it alone, the shear, really mean? It suggests today that the mercy and the patience of God is almost limitless. Almost? Because we know that there comes a time when mercy no longer pleads and justice must be dealt. But Jesus, in his life here on earth, gave considerable evidence that God is exceedingly merciful. The combination of the proper blend of mercy and judgment is one of the things that Christians have struggled with for a long time. We try to figure out all the ways, all the whys, and wherefores of all the possible differences between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. This at time brings question upon the Old Testament and its validity. However, there are equal evidences of judgment in the New Testament. It is rather hard to surpass the story of Ananias and Sapphira for judgment. There are points that we cannot understand fully in both the Old and New Testaments. But it is for sure that the father of love will not let his boy hurt his girl without doing something to stop his boy. He doesn't love his girl or his boy if he doesn't do something in that kind of situation. We've heard a lot about the angles in regard to God's justice and judgment, There, but there is one great beautiful truth that lasts to your day and to this moment, God's patience continues. Spare them this year also. Don't cut them down yet. Give them a little more time. Somehow the mercy and the patience of God's blends with his justice and judgment. And we have redemption. If you're a fan of NPR,
0: listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the kiwi fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatū People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favorite show. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to wwwnprnz
2: donate Welcome back to Amazing Grace on Manawatu People's Radio, and my name is Warren, and today we are sharing some thoughts from from God's Word. Uh, We're also sharing some music with you. So as we start back in this uh, second half of the program, we're going to look at Psalms 1 and verse 3, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in the season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he do, does shall prosper. Psalms 1.3 In the Bible, Israel and God's people have often been likened to trees. And it says this in Isaiah 61 verse 3. They might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Beautiful trees to bring forth fruit and foliage and shelter and hope. The people of Christ's day made a great show of piety. They had a lot of leaves, much foliage. You remember the story of the fig tree cursed because of all foliage and no fruit. In Jesus' day the Jews made a great show of piety, more than did those in earlier ages, but they were more destitute of the grace of the sweet graces of the Spirit. Sometimes we confuse what the fruit is all about on these trees The statistician says that the fruit is the X number of souls saved That the fruit of the Christian is how many people he can count on his list that he has converted Or how many stars he will have in his crown That's not the fruit that that the Bible talks about The fruit that Jesus is really talking about is the fruit of the Spirit The sweet graces of the Spirit And what are they? We are told in Galatians five twenty two and twenty three it is love enjoyed. You see a person who goes around gloomy, that means that he probably doesn't have a fruit of the spirit. One of them is missing. Okay, what are some of the others? Peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, and meekness are uh, his Oh, and sorry, intemperance. The people of Christ's day had many leaves, but few of the sweet graces. As we approach the very end of time, we discover that God's patience goes on and on and on until the time of Revelation 11.18. There we find what it is that finally ends things in this world and finally results in the unfruitful trees being cut down. Evidently, God's patience is going to continue until man has come to the place of destroying himself. It will go on to that point. You know, if your eyes are open that we have almost reached that place, and you don't have to be a a rocket scientist to work that out, or a Christian. I mean, everybody knows that things are changing in this world that we live in. Therefore, the rest of it must be fulfilled very soon. In the meantime, Jesus is not come to destroy men's life. It says in Luke 9.56. And when the disciples said, let's call down fire, Jesus said, you don't know your spirit. I came not to destroy, but to save. God's ways are not always our ways, friends. Um, God wants... Each one of us um, to stand tall to have the fruit of the spirit, but we can only do that as we are connected to Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit transforms us, as it says in second corinthians three eighteen that from um, that we will be changed um, and that we will be more like god um, and so we have that beautiful privilege, but we need to seek Jesus in the Bible. Uh, In prayer and just when we are walking by the way, just to practice the presence of of God. I remember reading a book a number of years ago by a a monk, a Catholic monk, uh, Brother Lawrence, practicing the presence of God, and, and he learned to practice the presence of God that wherever he went, Uh, There was a wonderful story about a man who didn't know how to pray, even though he'd been a Christian all his life, but his friend just said, well, he pulled up a chair beside his bed because he was bedridden, and said, just picture Jesus on that chair. And uh, it's a wonderful story of of how the man is converted, in the end is fully converted, because um, he gave his life fully to the Lord.
0: With the sun going down, she'd motion to us, come and kneel with me. Let's talk to our Heavenly Father, in Him we find victory. Through inquisitive eyes, I would glance at her lips as she prayed from her heart of love. And I knew in my heart there is someone Keeping watch from above Thank you for the day we knelt to pray I believe it's how it worked out Back then I couldn't imagine But life was all about You showed me you cared you all Hey the journey
2: You're listening to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio (MPR). All right, friends, um, we're going to, as I as I promised earlier in, in the program, um, we're going to read from the book called The Desire of Ages, which really is about the life of Jesus, and. While this particular subject today is about Jesus, it's also about his disciples. Um, It's entitled, it's chapter 37, it's entitled The First Evangelists. And it's about when um, Jesus sent his disciples out. The apostles were members of the family of Jesus, and they had accompanied him as he traveled on foot through Galilee. They had shared with him the toils and hardships that overtook them. They had listened to his discourses. They had walked and talked with the Son of God. And from his daily instruction, they had learnt how to work for the elevation of humanity. As Jesus ministered to the vast multitudes that gathered about him, his disciples were in attendance, eager to do his bidding and to lighten his labor. They assisted in arranging the people, bringing the afflicted ones to the Saviour and promoting the comfort of all. They watched for interest hearers, explained the scriptures to them, and in various ways worked for their spiritual benefit. They taught what they had learnt of Jesus and were every day obtaining a rich experience. But they needed also an experience in labouring alone. They were still in much need of instruction, great patience and tenderness. Now while he was personally with them to point out their errors and counsel and correct them, the Savior sent them forth as his representatives. While they had been with him, the disciples had often been perplexed by the teachings of the priests and Pharisees, but they had brought their perplexities to Jesus and had set before them and he had set before them the truths of scriptures. In contrast with tradition, Thus he had strengthened their confidence in God's word and, in a great measure, had set them free from the fear of the rabbis and their bondage true to tradition. In the training of the disciples, the example of the Saviour's life was far more effective than mere doctrinal instruction. When they were separated from him, every look and tone and word came back to them. Often when in conflict with the enemies of the gospel... They repeated his words, and as they saw their effect upon people, they rejoiced greatly. Calling the twelve about him, Jesus bade them to go two and two through the towns and villages. None was sent forth alone, but brother was associated with brother, and friend with friend. Thus they could help and encourage each other, counseling and praying together, each one's strength and supplementing the other's weakness. In the same manner, he afterwards sent forth the Seventy. It was the Saviour's purpose that the messengers of the gospel should be associated in this way. In our own time, evangelistic work would be far more successful if this example were more closely followed. The disciples' message was the same as of John the Baptist and of Christ himself. The kingdom of heaven is at their hand. They were to enter into no controversy with the people as to whether Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah, but in his name they were to do the same works of mercy as he had done. He bade them heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have have received, freely give. During his ministry, Jesus devoted more time to healing the sick than to preaching. His miracles testified of the truth of his words that he came not to destroy but to save His righteousness went before him, and the glory of the Lord was his, was his reward whenever he, wherever he went. the tide of his mercy preceded him, where he had passed the objects of his compassion were rejoicing in health and making trial of their found powers. Crowds were collecting around them to hear from his lips the works that the Lord had wrought. His voice was the first sound that many had ever heard. His name was the first word that they had ever, ever spoken, his face the first that they ever, ever looked upon. Why should they not love Jesus and sound his praise? as he passed through the towns and cities he was like a vital current diffusing life and joy wherever he went the followers of christ are to labor as he did we are to feed the hungry clothe the naked and comfort the suffering and afflicted as it says in matthew 25 and also in i think it's isaiah 58 we are to minister to the despairing and inspire hope in the hopeless, and to us also the promise will be fulfilled. Thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Isaiah fifty eight eight. The love of Christ manifested in an unselfish ministry will be more effective in reforming the evildoer than will, will the sword or the court of justice. These are necessary to strike terror into the lawbreaker, but the loving missionary can do more than this. Often the heart will be hardened under reproof, but it will melt under the love of Christ. The missionary cannot only re- relieve physical maladies, but he can also lead the sinner to the great physician, who can cleanse the soul from leprosy of sin. Through his servants, God designs that the sick, the unfortunate those who possessed of evil spirits shall hear his voice through his human agencies he desires to be a comforter such as this world knows not. The disciples on their first missionary tour were to go only to the lost sheep in the house of Israel. If they had preached the gospel to the Gentiles or to the Samaritans, they would have lost their influence with the Jews. By exciting the prejudice of the Pharisees, they would have involved themselves in controversy, which would have discouraged them at the outset of their labors. Even the apostles were slow to understand that the gospel was to be carried to all nations. Until they themselves could grasp this truth, they were not prepared to labor For the Gentiles, if the Jews would receive the gospel, God purposed to make them his messengers to the Gentiles. Therefore, they were the first to hear the message. All over the field of Christ's labor, there were souls awakened to their need and hungering and thirsting for the truth. The time had come to send the tidings of his love to these longing ones, to all these disciples, were to go as his his representatives. The believers would thus be led to look upon them as divinely appointed teachers, and when the Saviour should be taken from them, they would not be left without instructors. On this first tour, the disciples were to go where Jesus had been before them and had made friends. Their preparation for the journey was to be of the simplest kind. Nothing must be allowed to divert their minds from their great work or in any way excite opposition and close the door for further labor. They were not to adopt the dress or religious teachers nor to use any guise in apparel to disguise them from the humble peasants. They were not to enter into synagogues and call the people together for a public service. Their efforts were to be put forth in house-to-house labor. They were not to waste time in needless salutations or in going from house-to-house for entertainment. But in every place they were to accept the hospitality of those who were worthy those who would welcome them heartily as if they were entertaining Christ himself. They were to enter the dwellings with a beautiful salutation, Peace be with this house, Luke 10 and verse 5. Their home would be blessed by their prayers, their songs of praise, and the opening of the scriptures in the family circle. These disciples were to be heralds of the truth, to prepare the way for the coming of the Master. The message had to be that they had to bear was the word of eternal life, and the destiny of men depended upon their reception or rejection of it. To impress the people with its solemnity, Jesus bade his disciples, Whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words When you depart out of the house or city, shake off the dust off your feet. Verily I say to you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for this city. Now the Saviour's eye penetrated the future. He beholds the broader fields in which after his death the disciples are to be witnesses for him. His prophetic glance takes the experience of his servants through all ages until he shall Come the second time he shows his followers the conflicts they must meet. he reveals the character and the plan of battle. he lays open before them the perils they must encounter, the self-denial that will be required. He desires them to count the cost that they may not be taken unawares by the enemy. Their welfare, sorry, their warfare is not to be waged against flesh and blood but against the principalities and powers against the rulers of the darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. They are to contend with the supernatural forces, but they are to be assured of supernatural help. All the intelligences of heaven are in this army, and the more the angels are in their ranks, the Holy Spirit, the representative of the captain of the Lord's host, comes down to direct the battle. Our infirmities may be many our sins and mistakes grievous but the grace of God is for all who will seek it with contrition. The power of the omnipotence is enlisted in behalf of those who trust in God. And that's for all of us friends. Um, You know it doesn't mean to say that you have to be sent forth by a church although many people um, prefer to have that done but I, I would say friends that that Share the gospel everywhere you go Share it in the way that you act The joy and the peace that you have The love that you show Uh, We're called to help those in need To heal And you know We all have different gifts of the spirit And some of us have different gifts And so we're called to use So you know one of the things is When you serve God it's always in an area of passion. And I don't know where your passion is, friend, but wherever your area of passion is, that's where um, you are called to do. It's like in my wife. She, she just loves helping people. And so her, her uh, gift is the gift of helps. And you'll find that, I believe, in Corinthians. It talks about the gift of helps. She just loves helping people. you know. And I don't know what yours is, friends, but you can help people too. So as we come to our the end of our time together, uh, friends, I just want to just remind you of the free giveaways that book I just read from, the Desire of Ages, also the um, the book Steps to Jesus, and you can contact us on a couple of ways. I'll just quickly tell you again, uh, by email on triple 999- nine. Amazing Grace at gmail.com. That's 999 Amazing Grace and Amazing Grace is only one G at gmail.com. Or you can text or call us on 027 229 6624. That's 027 229 6624. And my name is Warren. And look, I'd be happy to, um, to to send you any of those resources, post them out to you. All right, friends, we've come to the end of our time, and let's just finish with prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share with the people here in the Manawatu and uh, wherever they are listening, Lord. We pray for your blessing upon them and their families. Um, I just pray the words that have been shared today, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will bring these words back to people in the time when they need to hear them. And so I just again pray, Lord, for your blessing on our listeners' lives and their families, for we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So from all of us here at Amazing Grace, we pray that you will grow in grace. May the love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.